if you want to get out of work, when you do get married and your wife's got that to-do list for you, just mess up everything that she asks you to do so bad, she'll never want to ask you to do it again. <laughs> That's my marriage advice for 2022 going into 2023. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You are now tuned in to our nationwide search for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio today, we've got an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. From Philadelphia, we have Sean with Momentum Virtual Tours. Sean, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much. Dude, that is an incredible intro song you got there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gets everybody pretty hyped up. That's why we like to play it before we get started yeah. here live for us in our ears while we're doing the podcast because it just gets you amped, man. Gets you in the mood, gets you feeling awesome. I love it. I'm in love with the new intro as well. It's just so like on the nose exciting it just it makes you excited and want to tune in i think i don't know maybe i'm biased it just produces energy man like oh i'm ready to rock and roll go hit a workout after this Woo! oh man i skipped my workout today so i definitely need to find time but i guess i'll get that workout when i'm mowing at home that's for sure well we always start out with an icebreaker question before we hop into anything we have to take a second and ask an important question today's icebreaker question is would you rather be the best at everything, but everyone hates you or be the worst at everything, but everyone loves you. Oh my gosh. I'd probably, I'd probably be the best <laughs> at everything and everyone hates me. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like, yeah, I'd rather get that skill set in and, you know, I don't really care what people think of me. So it's like, oh, you know, it, as long as I can, ha can I have some people, one person, a couple of people who like semi like me, like can, can my family semi like me? I guess that's not the question. You know what? It's our icebreaker question. We can do whatever we want, I guess. But I mean, my first instinct was to kind of go with being the worst at everything, but everyone loves mm -hmm. you because it's like, I don't know, I guess being the best at everything seems more like a pride thing at that point where it's like, I want to know that I can do good and there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe I'm just one of those people that likes it too much when people like me, you know, I want to be liked not to a fault, I would say, but definitely I prefer if we get along and we uh, have fun together and enjoy company. So I would say if everyone hated me, I would probably be a pretty miserable person. And one thing I know about messing some things up in my life is that if you're a likable person, people will forgive you for being the worst at that thing. That's true. And it might get you out of work. Yeah. Maybe I have a, a too big of ego, honestly, but uh, no, it almost, when you, when you, <laughs> when you ask that question, I almost thought of like the jack of all trades or the ace of one. So many people like yeah. me, you know, I just turned 25 in July. And I think for me, I'm just trying to focus on momentum instead of just doing all these little things that pop up into my stratosphere, focusing on that being the ace of one rather than saying, oh, I need to be great at everything, you know, but it's so hard though with like social media and you have imposter syndrome, you, you know, you jealous of people, but it's like end of the day, if you're content with what you're doing and you convince me, honestly, I, I honestly be on your side. I don't want people <laughs> hating me yet. And, and the whole camaraderie. So you convince me. Yeah, I think that's where mine comes from is it's like, if I'm bad at it, 
at least people will like me enough that they'll forgive me yeah. for that and uh, we can move on. And then I don't know if you ever, you're 25, so you're young. I'm married. I'm 34. I've been married since 2012 and I've been with my now wife for 16 years. So it's been quite a long time. Are you with anybody right now? Are you single, married? What's your uh, love life look like over there? <laughs> I'm single, man. It's one of these things for me. Like I'm just uber focused on the business and I'm a very, to your point earlier on prideful man. And I have a certain amount of values where I think it, a lot of young entrepreneurs like you and I can agree, you know, you're married. I have a great family. I, I'm sure that especially living in a city in Philadelphia, I'm in center city. And oh my gosh, man, like you go out to the club, people start to know you. And it's just like, oh, I, I don't want to say I'm beating women off with a stick, but it's kind of like that where it's like, oh my gosh, like I, it's like, well, what's their main intention? <laughs> you can brag, man. Let that ego go. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, what's their intention? That's you know, because at the end of the day, I'm a very, you know, low key person. And, you know, it's just hard to, to build a solid relationship with the woman. But I, when I think you're in kind of like this environment where it's kind of harder to like settle down, especially in today's day and age. So, I'm just trying to, to, you know, have someone, uh, and there's a couple people in my life who have that. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked that was to preface this. I've got the perfect marriage advice for you that goes along with our icebreaker mm. question. And fellas, if you're in the car alone right now, turn the volume up, listen to this close ladies. If you're listening, just turn this down. This part doesn't pertain to you. Uh, you're not going to want to hear what I have to say anyway. And then, you know, of course my producer here in house is going to get ready to clip this for social media because it's perfect. But if you want to get out of work, when you do get married and your wife's got that to-do list for you, just mess up everything that she asks you to do so bad she'll never want to ask you to do it again. <laughs> That's my marriage advice for 2022 going into 2023 may or may not be terrible advice that you want to stay away from. I'll let you decide that one. But if you're anything like me, I'm pretty adventurous and I like to see my wife's terrible reactions to the terrible things that I say and do. And uh, it works out good enough. We have an interesting home life, you know? That's awesome. I mean, a lot of the women I talk to are Hispanic, so they might get too mad, you know, throw a pot at me or oh, yeah. take their shoe off their own at me. I don't know what they normally do, but... <laughs> I like Absolutely. That. Yeah. And all of that advice you want to trash and not take, but you know, I figure I'll throw it out there. It works for me. It might work for somebody yeah. else. Well, before we hop into it, man, you know, we've always got to stop and talk about anyone who chooses to step up and sponsor the show. The show is all about getting the word out for companies across the country that are just trying to make it in this crazy economic situation that we're in right now. And today's sponsor is amazing. If you're in the podcast space at all, we've got a new place so we can get premium quality merch to show it off. And that's merch for podcasters.com. It's the best place to buy pod merch. And they're all about expressing what you love about podcasts from hosts to editors. These amazing designs can be put on virtually anything and all of it is available again at www.merchforpodcasters.com. And if you use promo code SBO10, that's going to get you 10% off your first order today. So if you're in the podcasting space, you got to check out merchforpodcasters.com. That's a premium line of products from pod merch, brand new company hitting the streets hard with some great designs. So check it out and get your 10% off with code SBO10 today. But Sean, we're here to talk about you, man. We want to know all about you and where you came from before we even talk about your company, just because we're all about personal stories. And I just want to know what makes you tick. Well, dude, I'll tell you how we got here. So I've had a crazy, I would say, childhood leading up to my entrepreneurial journey with momentum. So I'll kind of just take it back to high school, I guess. So in Philly, the best high school in the world I'm a Catholic Christian man. 
and I went to Roman Catholic. I actually grew up in Plymouth meeting and uh, there was a high school, Plymouth White Marsh High School, which is about five minutes from my house. And I was going to go there, but my Irish Catholic father was like, no, Sean, you're going to the high school in, in the city, which is like 45 minutes. You got to take two buses. So I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I think it's a good education, so let's do it. So went to Roman, had a good time. And during that, my old man actually had a bar called The Boiler Room. And it was on 3rd and South. And I was like 16 years old. And I really learned how to sell during, you know, when I used to work there. Because, again, it's Catholic school. So you have to wear nice dress shirt, tie, sweater in the winters. Dude, I was like 16. I would go down to the bar. I would just start quite literally bartending to all these other customers, people who were somewhat homeless to people who were, you know, making seven figures, you know, Wall Street guys, so to speak, right? And everyone in between. And that's where I really grew the art of selling. And uh, my dad had that for about three or four years. And parlaying that into my senior year, which gets really crazy. I'm a big, I would say, Jersey Shore guy. I go down to Wildwood and Avalon, everything, (laughs) you know, you you being uh, where you are, I'm sure you have your your spot. But in Philly, Jersey, you always go down to that, have your, your senior week or whatever. And when I was about to graduate Roman, my dad, who he's a big you know, planner, big partier. I was like, oh my God, we're going to dress up to the nines and it's going to be fantastic. I get a call from him. It's about two days before I graduate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the call that, you know, we make plans and everything's going to be great, this and that. And he couldn't have been more ominous in his voice. And he goes on to tell me, Sean, there's not going to be any party. I've just been indicted by the federal government. And Mm. at that point, as an 18-year-old man who's about to graduate high school, go into Penn State University, I couldn't have been more floored. I had so many questions. I was like, what's going on? So I'll kind of go through the next three months and kind of blow by that. So he was indicted for essentially uh, wire fraud, mail fraud. He spent four years in prison. He got out actually a year ago. But when I went to Penn State, my entire college life, man, was really spent with him in prison and me kind of having to help out the family, doing all these jobs, paying bills, this and that. Because my mom was working as a director of placement at Austell's uh, rehab facilities, making decent money. And she also remarried and had you know a good life. But I really needed to make my own stride because I didn't have a, a father figure in my life because I was so disconnected. You know, we, we could email and everything, but it was just nothing personal, you know, face to face, like, like I prefer. So I was talking to my advisor and I was in engineering at the time. So I was like, Oh, I got to make money, you know, biomedical engineering, which pays like 150 thou. I uh, was going to do that. And I ended up not doing it. Cause I was like, first of all, I'm not that good at math. I'm not that good at physics. This <laughs> is going to be terrible. You know? <laughs> like, like we were talking earlier, you know, I, yep. I'd be horrible at this and, and everyone would hate me. <laughs> so I'd, I'd have the worst two, two spectrums of that. So I started to dabble into, you know, the Gary V's of the world, the Grant Cardone's, and I found the love of digital marketing. And I applied to all these marketing agencies. And the one person who actually, you know, gave me an opportunity, gave me a shot was my now business partner, Mac Frederick. So Mac worked at Google. He actually founded the digital side of the company. But I came on as, you know, some 20-year-old kid who's just trying to make a name for himself And at that point, man, I was selling cryptocurrency, blockchain tickets in New Jersey. And that summer, I think I sold like a quarter million dollars just in ticket sales. So Matt goes to me, he's like, oh, God, I got to promote you and and you're valuable to the company. So as time goes on, I just started to create more value from momentum. And I got to a point where, which we'll talk about the whole virtual tour company, 
there was like an Xbox looking thing on, on our desk one of these days. And I was like still, you know, doing the marketing thing with retainers and SEO and PPC. And I was just like, you know, what's one way we could scale this? Like, how can we have a different revenue angle to the company? And again, I saw this like 360 looking camera and I was like, Mac, are we doing anything with, with this? Like, what's this piece of technology? And he's like, yeah, man, we do some virtual tours here and there, but I think it'd be an opportunity. I think, yeah, I think it's more than an opportunity. I think we need to do it. So that, John really triggered my mindset to say, okay, from now on, I'm going to build Momentum Virtual Tours from the ground up. And to this day, we're going to hit seven figures in revenue just from the virtual tour aspect of it. I really wow. founded it in 2020 with Mac uh, when I graduated college. And we can go into all the other intricate stories I have, but that's pretty much it, man. We're in 50 states. We are in, what, uh, 10 countries we're actually going to be launching a very interesting licensing model. It's similar to franchising in that aspect, but that's what we have going on for 2023. And that's really how I got to, to get into momentum and be the man I am today. Yeah, that's that's insane, man. You know, as a, a young man, one of my previous episodes, we kind of talked about losing my dad. I was actually 16 years old uh, when my dad passed away. So I've always had that perspective of like not having a parent through very like necessary times to have a parent, especially as a young man, having your dad. So I can't imagine relating with the the prison story of you're still going through kind of a loss, if you will. I can't imagine going through that loss of a parent during your college times where you're trying to figure out all of this stuff, including entrepreneurship, something that he was doing. And it's like, you know, these are things that you could have used some guidance on and stuff like that. How difficult was that going through those times? Well, I'll tell you, and I'll be very honest with the audience, my father's side has a severe addiction to pills, alcohol, all the bad stuff. So I was, if there was a time for me to get hooked on everything, that was the time. I think God really gave me a lifeline and pushed me and my little brother, Ryan, in the direction of saying, hey, you can make something out of this. Use this as ammunition and fuel to callous your mind, a la David Goggins, to get you mentally tougher, to put your name out there and to learn valuable skills. Because what are you going to do? I'm a very binary person in the sense that I thought of it as black and white. You know, are we going to just mope around and and smoke weed and, you know, drink and and do all these other extracurriculars? Or are we going to grow valuable skills and and network and and build the future that we want to have? And I think that's what Ryan and I really did. And, you know, it's just a credit to, uh, honestly, my mom of what she was able to, to help with us because there were times, man, where I was in Penn State and I had to drive three hours to see my dad in Erie, PA. And then there were other times I would go to Jersey because he was moved, you know, all these different times. I think he was moved like three times and I was turned away at the door because I was wearing the wrong shirt or I wasn't, uh. I, I didn't have pants on or something. And it's like, you know, the, the mental toll that takes on you is very, uh, I, I can't describe it, honestly. It's a very, harsh process. But I think it's important because it teaches you how to get over that. So to this day, I look at it as a a blessing to say, listen, like this was probably one of the hardest things as a family we've had to overcome. And now looking back on it, it prepared me mentally for the fortitude of business, of dealing with people, negotiations. And I think it was just such a crucial moment in my life that when I look back in, you know, I'm 75, 80 with my beautiful wife and kids smoking a cigar, you know, somewhere in Monte Carlo, hopefully, I can say, wow, that was a turning point in my life where I think if I didn't have that, 
I wouldn't be where I am here today. So it's it's a different mindset shift, but I think it's very pivotal in the, the person I, I came to be. Yeah. Where do you think that mindset comes from? Because, you know, I, I've gone through a lot of similar issues with parents that were heavily involved in drugs, family that was also involved in drugs, family members that were around my age that were also, you know, exposed to the same things I was exposed to in theory. And then we went very different paths. Similar to you, man, I went out into a better life for myself. I kind of saw this this hole that my family was in and that I could have very easily gone into with them and decided I don't want to be a part of that. I want to leave that, um, went into the first responder field and then now getting into, you know, I got into entrepreneurship at a young age, but really starting to find myself in entrepreneurship in just a totally different direction than so many of my family chose to go. And I'm just trying to figure out like, is that a mindset thing where everybody's different and we kind of choose our own path or is it something like the influence of your mom that really just somebody influenced you differently than maybe other family members were influenced by that person and you just kind of chose a different path. Like what makes you truly do that? <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's a reason my and, uh, dad and mom are divorced. Yeah. You know, they couldn't be more different people, but I'm glad they still had me and my brother. You know what I mean? They were, they were together. So they, they could yeah. still give, uh, give us life. But my mom is just so stubborn. She is one of those women who I'm going by this and this is what it's going to be. And no one's telling me different this way or the other. Could be the, the wrong decision I'm doing, but this is what I'm going to do anyway. So I think just that stubbornness coupled with my dad's entrepreneurship and sales and extrovertedness, I think my brother and I got that gene pool of you know my mom's organization and kindness and stubbornness with also some of my dad's positive attributes without all, all the addictive personality. Yeah. And it was also, listen, like I am a big fan of psychology and just, you know, growing my mind. I think that, you know, Jordan Peterson, I have a daily wire plus, I'm sure some of the listeners have that. And I'm checking out his series he's doing on Exodus. He's reading the Bible and it's just so fascinating to hear him talk as he simplifies things in such a way that I can't like simplify myself. And I think, you know, trying to be the best version, everyone says that at 1%, but actually living it, like, you know, for me, taking a cold shower every day, doing Wim Hof, hopping on the meetings I don't necessarily want to, but need to, you know, having a tough conversation, all those things, I think, uh, back to me being, you know, very binary as a person, it's either making you weaker or it's making you stronger. So I always want to continue pushing myself in a way that I think is very positive and Without my mom, dude, I mean, I, I don't know if it would have happened. And again, from when I was a young age, you know, I was like kind of trained to like wake up early and you know do my bed and, and she harped on it. And I think some of that really rubbed off on me as corny as that sounds into the real world. And I'm sure with your dad as well and your parents, that's kind of how it was as well. Yeah. You ever find uh, the secret to that whole wanting to wake up early thing, send it my way? Because uh, <laughs> I don't like anything earlier than banker hours. Like that's that's how I roll. I hate waking up early in the morning. Uh, and when I say early, it's probably a lot later than you're early. I'm talking like 730, 7 to 730 is my wake up time and I hate it. Well, what, if you would <laughs> wake up at like your ideal time, what, what are you trying to wake up at? Oh, I don't know. Probably 10 o'clock. 
<laughs> way past any any time to be productive man i'm telling you it is weird because like all of us in this office even though some of us wake up much earlier than others all of us in the, this office have always found that in the afternoon to evening time we're so productive and we get so much good stuff done and it's like almost you want to shift your hours but you know we're we're a marketing agency here and you can't shift your hours because nobody else is on that same set of hours. So you wouldn't get any sales because everyone's making those decisions in the morning. You got to wake up early and you're right. It is just a mindset thing. That's um, that's the struggle. I think for a lot of people is you've got to figure out how you can unleash that mindset that says, I'm going to do this even though I don't like it and I'm going to figure it out and it's just going to happen. Because if you don't, I mean, honestly, all the motivational stuff that I listen to says you're just being weak and there's no excuse for it, you know, all day. Yeah. I say that, but like to the listeners and to you too, what I like to do is think of like the feeling that I get after, like I'm a psycho, right? I wake up like five thirty six. you know, some people that's crazy. Some people, they, they do that. That's yep. like their norm, but I would say I, psycho. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> immediately take a cold shower, do Wim Hof, the breathing exercise. You could just go on YouTube and find that. And then I'll like reward myself. Cause I think the one vice John I do have is, is coffee. I love my coffee with a little cream and you know, sugar and it kind of like uh, the wolf of, uh, you know, what, what's his name with, um, not the Wolf of Wall Street, but the Wolf and uh, Pulp Fiction, where he's like, oh, lots of cream, lots of sugar. That's how I like oh, my coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how I like my coffee. A little treat, you know, to get the day started and then build momentum, no pun intended. So that's what I like to do. Think of the how good you're going to feel and not like the act of actually doing it. And you'll be surprised. So. so speaking of momentum, I think that's a good segue into exactly what Momentum Virtual Tours is because if someone's not tech savvy that's listening, they have no clue what you're talking about. And this is a space that we have probably, I would say this year, really heavily been introduced to. And it's so interesting. It's not something that we're looking to pick up and do. I can't imagine the work that goes behind it, but it is definitely something that has always piqued our interest just because I'm a huge VR guy. I love hopping on the Oculus and checking out VR worlds and the different things you can do and the way you can bring communities together without, you know, actually being there in person, which was fortunately probably beneficial for a lot of people during COVID. But beyond COVID and beyond games and that kind of stuff, you know, I think we're starting to see that virtual reality has a real place at the table for our future. So Let's just hop into, I guess, starting with what is Momentum Virtual Tours? What do y'all do and that kind of thing? Yeah. So what the core service, Momentum Virtual Tours, creates, as the name suggests, 360 representations of properties and small businesses. So John's just say you own John's Cafe you know, in Austin, Texas or whatever, right? We would go and do a 3D rendition with a 360 camera of the business and again, we're in the marketing world, so I'm sure your audience is as well. We would post it on the website, post it on Google, put all these cool little tags in there. If you have like a you know new menu or a special that you're running or you're hosting you know some sort of giveaway for the holidays, that's what we really incorporate. We also do a handful of video work as well with drones and basic photography as well. And we also do a handful of other 3D renderings and, and virtual staging, which uh, we can talk about. But the virtual tours are our golden goose of services. 
Yeah, I think it's important, man, from a marketing perspective, if a business owner is listening, it's nice, especially when you have a storefront that you want to show off, you can, you could take some great photography, some great photos and post that stuff to Google and it absolutely helps. But from a perspective of a potential customer, when I can look at this place before I ever walk through the door and pan around the entire room, see what the aesthetic is like. It helps out quite a bit because even if you're not in the marketing space, even if you're just Joe and Sally and y'all are trying to go out and have a nice anniversary dinner, you want to select based off of something that you know. And if you don't know the place, you're trying something new. What better way than to be able to hop into it with that photo and actually just check out the entire place prior to ever walking through the door. And honestly, I think a lot of people probably have seen these photos or watched these videos and never knew exactly what they were looking at. Didn't know that that's what it came down to. So this is a service that you offer mainly to businesses. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny too, man, because like I said, we really launched this full time in 2020. So it was right at the heart of the pandemic and businesses, they needed this more than ever because it was a very weird time in the country as is, you know, right now, when is it ever uh, not a weird time? (laughs) We say it over and over. It's, it's, yeah, right. It's interesting because some areas, you know, that were liberal, they were shut down. Areas that were more conservative were still open. So we started getting a lot of inquiries for businesses that were still open that we were like, hey, you know, we need a, a service, product, whatever, to build more trust with our clients. I said, hey, there's no better thing right now than to have this tour because we post on Google and um, I'll talk about the process that we actually get to rank these tours, kind of like a blog post, which we can talk about a little bit later, but it's essentially getting them to rank and then getting them to obviously know the business, trust the business in such a way that they're like, oh, even though it's a pandemic, we trust this business enough to go there, they're going to have the proper precautions and they're going to be safe. They're going to be clean and they're, they're comfortable going. And we were able to generate, I, I never calculated, John, the, the amount of revenue I should have done this, like that we were able to generate during COVID, but I'm sure it was in the seven or eight figures just based on the sheer volume that we were able to, to create. And it's been great. I mean, to be able to help out these businesses that if they didn't have a virtual tour and honestly, they probably wouldn't be open now. It's a testament to the technology that we're in. And um, I'm just so grateful to have, you know, just a wonderful opportunity to serve these businesses first and foremost. Yeah. So how much does something like this cost? I mean, obviously, I'm sure that everything is going to be quoted out custom depending on so many variables in your business. But, you know, are we talking about 10 bucks, a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand, a couple hundred thousand? What are we looking at on total cost to get something like this done for your business? Oh man, yeah, we've done tours all, all as low as three hundred dollars, all the way up to you know six figs and, and beyond. Uh, the the main determinant, if someone's interested in getting a virtual tour, is knowing the square footage of the property or business that we're going to shoot. So, for instance, we did uh, Youngstown State University, and that was about two million square feet, and we have a pricing model of X per square foot. And obviously, the more square footage, the more of a lower per square foot model we have. I would say our our average ticket is roughly 10 grand. And this is for like a school, college, uh, D3. That that seems to be our our main niche. But a lot of small businesses, honestly, we can help for as low as $1,000. And the thing that's nice is we kind of talk about this now. We're partnered with Google. You know, my business partner used to work at Google. We've Facebook partnerships, HubSpot partnerships. The thing that's awesome about the tours we do is we're able to geotag them. So take 
the coordinates of, of a specific location, again, using John's Cafe in Austin, Texas as an example, if you want to rank it locally, we do a virtual tour. We take each pano, each 360 image, and we input the Austin coordinates, the longitude, the latitude, and then we take breakfast cafe, cafe in Austin, all these key phrases and tag them on the image. So then Google recognizes and says, oh, John's Cafe, they're a breakfast cafe in Austin. And we know this because of the coordinates. So it's just telling Google what they want to know and they do the rest. So I think that really separates us from a lot of other 360 virtual tour companies because they just create awesome work. We're actually able to back it up with conversions and getting you more clicks and calls on your website. Yeah. I mean, you got the in, right? See, I don't think people realize how big services like Amazon and Google are in the tech space and the tech industry. It's definitely, it's got to be nice having that in your business partner, being somebody who was there, knows the ropes and uh, probably still has all those connections. Yep. hundred percent. So when I'm looking to get this done, then obviously I'm assuming that this is going to be some type of uh, clicker call call to action. And then after that, are am I dealing with someone locally to me or are y'all headquartered somewhere and it's kind of a travel thing? How does that work? So the nice thing about us is all of our Google My Businesses, all, all of our locations for the most part, are partnered with a contractor who we've vetted and we've worked with for years. So for instance, I can say, uh, oh my gosh, we did a shoot in Scottsdale. It was like a 20,000 square foot facility, Bryce with 3D virtually there. That's his company, Bryce with 3D virtually there. Give him a shout out. Wonderful man, great family. And we have people who on site in those areas do the shooting. And then we bring the post-production in-house. And then we have a customer success team that goes into the uh, tour after it's reviewed, after it's accepted. We've posted it to Google, posted it to the website. And then we say, hey, how can we couple the tour with other content We'll start to talk about marketing retainers and content retainers just to put more fuel on the fire. It's interesting. We've had people come to us and use these virtual tours as like a Google ad or you know YouTube ad, Instagram, Facebook. So it's really interesting, especially if you have a very creative space to use this as an advertisement. And like I, I said earlier, to think of it as a, a digital blog post in the sense that you're getting more business because it's optimized for Google it's a really interesting process. But I think the thing that is really interesting, and if you know anyone's listening to this that's trying to build a virtual tour company, you got to have not just the sales down, but you need to have the fulfillment down. I think that's so important in today's society. You can learn how to sell, but you need to have a product that can back it up. Because again, like I could be Jordan Belfort here and sell, you know, catch up to a woman in white gloves. But if the product is horrible, then not only am I not going to get a referral, I'm going to get a one-star review and it's just, it's terrible. So not only investing in your sales and marketing, but also understanding, okay, how can we get the best product as well that's going to convert? And I think that's so lost, especially as this becomes a new business. There's kids coming out of high school and college that they're saying, oh, how much money can I make from this? And that's not the right question. It's not how much money can you make. It's how much value can you produce and how much can you serve in the marketplace? A hundred percent, man. We've lost sight of that, of kind of that, that greed takes over of like, how much can I make? What is it going to do for me? And I think some of the, the best principles that I've ever been introduced to are giving everything away 
to your potential client for free as far as all the knowledge that they want. I mean, just like right there, you are literally giving advice to your competitor. You know, you're saying if you're wanting to start a company like this, this is what you need to focus on. And it's like, why? Why would you be so comfortable telling a potential competitor, hey, this is what's important in this industry? Why are you so willing to openly share about this? Why are you willing to talk to a customer and give them all the tips and tricks on the services that you provide? And I think it does come back to the product. Because the point is, if you're doing it for yourself, I'll tell you how to do it all day. Because if you're doing it for yourself, you're not going to do it as good as we can. And you're not going to want to. That's the big thing. You're not going to want to do it because when you find out all the work that goes into it, you don't have the time to be a CEO, founder, and marketing you know, VP, and sales VP, and service provider, and all of these other things that go into it. You can't be boots on the ground doing everything for your company forever. You have to find a good team around you that can provide a good service or a good product for a fair amount of money, no matter how much that will be. And the whole point is, is that if it's that good, they're going to come to you no matter what. So I, I think we're speaking the same language here, man. I love it. I love the content of this. How long does it take for me to get that product from you? You know, from the the moment I call you and say, I'm interested in you coming and doing this at my business through, you know, the completion of the project on average, how long does that take? Our average business, we're able to shoot the on-site virtual tour within two hours. And then we're actually able to post-produce and send them a final revision and draft within about two to three business days. Wow. That's insane. That's fast. I mean, it seems fast to me. <laughs> it just goes to show the level of quality we have with the team. You know, I, I remember, man, like like you said earlier, I was the one selling the jobs, but also producing the jobs as well. So I was learning Adobe, color corrections, all this stuff. And it was just, oh, it was a lot. And then you need to get a delegate and, and have all these certain things. But yeah, man, it goes to, and oh my gosh, I mean, I was able to deliver fast quality, but I wasn't able to scale. I wasn't able to get much revenue or make calls or do all these marketing initiatives simply because I didn't have the time because I was focused on fulfilling this order. So it just goes to show, man, the level of quality we have with uh, all of our operations people for sure. Yeah. So are y'all all all over like social media, YouTube, anything like that, where I can check out your work and what y'all are doing? Yeah, man, you can check us out. It's just Momentum360 for a good majority of our handles. We're posting a lot of awesome stuff on Instagram. So definitely check us out there. And then we have a lot of cool YouTube content that me and my director of operations, John McKnight, create. And again, it's it's all value-based. I give all the secrets away. I'm a big fan of Alex Hermosi, and one of my favorite quotes that he has is, make your free stuff better than their paid stuff. And I just mm. resonate with that so much. It just like, again, like spilling the beans. Because again, you could tell them how, how to do it, but it's like actually executing it. That's the struggle that, that comes into it. Um, so I think that, again, I'll, I'll give all the secrets away. We know how to do it. And again, if you're looking to, to partner that's really what happens. That's, again, talking about the licensing model that we're going to implement next year. That's really where that comes to fruition. Yeah. Do you think a lot of your uh, contractors will be interested in that? Is that where kind of like the the draw to doing that franchising or slash licensing came from? To be honest, there's, again, I got I got the, the idea from Alex Ramosi, but the, the contractors I want to keep as contractors because the contractors are good at just... Uh, fulfilling the the orders and I want to keep that as such. I some of them they're not business savvy per se where they like, you know, they, they run their own business and, and they make money, but it's not to the level that I'd like them to be at 
Whereas if I have someone who's like young and hungry, who's good at sales, they can scale a 360 location so much faster than a contractor, in my opinion, because they know how to sell. They can kind of reverse engineer. Okay, I can sell it for so much more money than they can. I can figure it out. And um, at the end of the day, it's just profit. You know what I mean? So I think it's just going to be so much easier to get profit that we can reinvest back into the licensing model to then essentially grow that and build that and and really just create as much value as possible for um, all of our uh, people that are involved and all the clients that we're going to serve. Yeah. What do you think the hardest thing was while you were building this to overcome like a challenge that you see in the industry as a whole? Myself. I, I don't think I've overcame that yet too. I think it's just myself having the the humility to say, you're right, I'm wrong. This is a better idea. Mm. Thinking to myself, I don't need to come up with all the answers anymore. I have a dedicated team who can help create good answers, if not better than mine. And I think it's something as a young man, I'm still struggling with, you know, to be honest with you, I think just to have more trust in the team that I've built and to rely on the people and the quality that we're going to hire in the future, I think is something that I'm really looking forward to. But again, like, you know, it's hard because, you know, you think you're the the big cheese, the head honcho, you need to have all the answers, but (laughs) You know, in reality, you're only one person, you're only one man. So you have a great team around you who can answer the, this stuff for you. There were little bumps in the road of like, oh, how do we get, you know, this and that, and, you know, putting a round peg in a square hole. But end of the day, man, I think looking in the mirror one-on-one and being the better person uh, day in and day out is, uh, it has been my biggest challenge, to be honest. Yeah. You're young and successful, man. It happens to all of us. And some of us are still in that struggle too, right there with you of, Uh, It's hard when you are right so much and you are so successful in what works has been working. It's hard to kind of step back sometimes, I think, and say, hey, you know what? Other people may have better ideas or like you said, I may be wrong in general. Just everything I'm saying. Did you study uh, group think when you were going through your classes? I did that. I loved um, I I wish I did a little bit more of that, to be honest, because I got my degree in advertising I really, yeah. I didn't have the, the cl- I didn't have the, the class requirements to like get into like the higher level group think and psychology classes. I wish I did that a little bit more. I, I would have loved yeah. to do that though. I, I love psychology yeah. so much. I, I mean, same thing with me, you know, it was just kind of an introduction to it whenever, yeah. uh, I'm still in school. I've been going like part-time to school from, I don't know, 2014. I'm a poor fireman with a part-time job that gets to do podcasting and cool stuff like this. So I'm just working my way through school as slow as I need to. And, um, I got three kids and a wife. It's a busy life, man, but I'm in Concordia university in Texas and I am going through a, just a bachelor's in business and my concentration is in marketing. And and that's where we kind of talked about that of the ability of a leader to, to empower their employees or the people around them to disagree, you know, to not go through with everything just because I feel like someone smarter than me is saying that this is going to work and seeing that like correlation to the challenger exploding, everyone saying, yes, yes, everything's good. It's fine. Let's push it through. And no one having uh, the cojones to stand up and say, Hey, you know what? This doesn't look right. And I think that we should do something totally different that no one else is talking about because, you know, something could happen. And it's like how dangerous and disastrous that can be, not just for a company, but the ability of a leader, a CEO, a founder to just kind of step aside sometimes and say, hey, you know what, guys, I need y'all to tell me if you think something about what we're doing is wrong. 
and that dissent and going kind of against what the head honcho is saying should not be demonized or, or brought up as a bad thing. I think that it should be a good thing with respect and with boundaries and limitations and knowing that, hey, in the end, I got to do what I'm told to do. But when it comes to it, I just want it noted that, hey, I stood up and said something. So I just I kind of started thinking about that with your your um, story there. You told that so well. I can't agree more. You know, I, I I try to tell my people even so we have VAs in Pakistan, India, the Philippines. I tell them, I say, guys, you are quite literally editing photos, talking with certain contractors, you know, and then I have certain directors and managers who are kind of like you know, managing them and then piecing all the big stuff together. I tell the people on the ground floor, I'm like, listen, guys, if there's anything that you think we could be doing better, let me know. Because who's going to know more about the process on a day-to-day basis, me or them? Yep. It's going to be them. Because again, I've delegated and I'm only relying on the system that we've known so far. I don't know if it's at you know as, as the maximum efficiency that we could you know, have it at. I doubt it. That's why I say, listen, any ideas that you have are warranted. If you think that there's a, a better process, let me know. If there's something that I'm doing wrong that you think, you know, uh, don't hurt my ego, I have thick skin, but I, you know, tell me. I, I'm not going to get offended. <laughs> We're just trying to build a, a bigger company, a, a better family, and uh, making everyone, you know, happy and making some money. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hurt me. Just, you know, be nice about it, but tell me what I'm doing <laughs> wrong. Yeah. It's, it's rough, man, because it does come down to the pride and ego thing we talked about in the very beginning of this too. You want to be right. You want to be good at stuff. I mean, that was the answer to your question when we started this whole thing off. So it's tough. And I struggle with that too, where it's like, there are some things that I have just excelled at and done well at without just, you know, small amounts of training or information or those kind of thing, but no formal training. And I did well in that. And so one of the most frustrating things I think I can ever come across is when I find something I can't figure out that truly stumps me, it just irritates the crap out of me. And I get so mad and angered that that's why I don't work on my car, you know, cause I'm not good at, <laughs> I'm not good at working on that Jeep. So I don't want to do it because I'm going to put a wrench to the windshield if I can't figure it out in a couple tries. And, uh, I know my limitations. I feel the same thing about like an old song or like an old memory that you can't think of. You're like, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. And then like someone else says it and it comes so easy. And I'm like, ah, oh my God, you just feel like an yeah. idiot. Or how you tell, <laughs> you know, you tell people they'll just start talking. They're like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And it's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I have to figure yeah. this out. Let yeah, me think yeah, about yeah, it. Like I got to yeah, yeah. put myself in the place here. Turn the radio down. Like, let me think about this. Now yeah. I'm with you, man. So Momentum Virtual Tours, we can check you out online. We can check you out on social and YouTube, man, YouTube. I don't know how we can, I feel like I'm repeating myself here with YouTube, but it's blowing up again. You know, uh, we've been mm-hmm. down this path where it was kind of this small fledgling. You could get some videos, but good luck with your 56 kilobytes per second, trying to get that, you know, downloaded over your dial up connection all the way to now. It seems like everything is video and uh, especially in the podcasting space, YouTube's blowing up again, but the content creation piece with YouTube shorts and everything else, it's just truly on this astronomical just way of life. Like it's just becoming everything that we need. You can find out how to work on your Jeep there. You can find out all kinds of cool stuff. So we've got to check you out on YouTube. I heard that small businesses, man, I guess everybody kind of needs to reach out to you and just consider it because it seems like this is something that's important to your business from an SEO perspective, Google my business perspective. And if you don't know what I'm talking about there, then you need to get in touch with a good marketing agency, you know, and just kind of figure that out because all of this stuff is going to help you with that. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's exciting. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm just such a young kid who, you know, we found success and 
I, I want to build solid relationships with, you know, people like you and other clients who if I'm traveling to where they are, I want to have dinner with them and, and you know, get to know them a little bit more. I want to have that relationship. And I think that just having a surface level relationship with your clients is, is in today's day and age, it's uh, you're not maximizing the potential there, not from a monetary perspective, but just like spiritually and, and understanding that person and the struggles that they've had to overcome. Because again, they can talk, talk to you, you know, on a very honest basis and say, Hey, like, this is what's working for me. This is what isn't. And maybe that's the one thing that you need in your business to go to the next level. So just having that relationship and, and I'm a real estate investor. I love to travel too. And I think it's just, it's great. So yeah, anyone who wants to, you know, get tours or any marketing content, um, I, I always love to start with, you know, free advice and seeing what we could do it you know, for, for free and, uh, going from there. But yeah, how are you boy? Yeah, we're the same way, man. I think, um, if you're ever looking for somebody to work on, anything for you, it's important that you see how relational they can be, you know, and and it's stuff like this right here where I have people on this show that are never going to be clients, people on the show that may potentially be clients, but it's not about that. The whole premise behind this show is just to kind of reward anyone from the small business owner up to, you know, a huge successful conglomerate up to someone who is just a, an investor that's going to just throw a bunch of money at different things that they're investing in. It's like, if you've got a story to tell and it's interesting, let's get on here. Let's talk about you, celebrate you, celebrate the company, what you're doing and just get the word out there, man. It's all about helping everyone in the marketing industry, not just limiting it to our clients, if that makes sense. Amen, man. And if you go to any uh, marketing conferences um, that are like you know nationwide, uh, let's uh, let's let's go uh, together. Let's see what we can do. Heck yeah, man! Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I truly had a great time. I learned a bunch of different stuff. I like how much we connect, and I think that the audience got to hear some really cool personal stuff, and then just a little glimpse into kind of where our our society is moving when it comes to three hundred and sixty degree video photo. Uh, virtual reality, all that kind of stuff. So thanks for coming on and sharing that with us. Likewise, my friend, it was a pleasure. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. We need your help on this nationwide search trying to find entrepreneurs across the country that have a story to tell. We need you to send in anybody that you've got that you think would be a good guest and we want to have them on the show. But I will tell you, This has been an exciting time and 2023 is almost booked up. We're out of room to record. We're out of dates to release. Like this thing is going so crazy that hopefully by the time you're tuning into this, you're hearing more than one episode per week. So it's been awesome, but we're not okay with settling for awesome. We want to go beyond that. So please, if you've got a company that's got a story to tell, let's get them on the show and get their story out there. But that's been it for another episode of Small Business Origins. I need you to like, share, subscribe, get the word out to your friends. Let's bring all of the attention that we can to these entrepreneurs that are out here in a crazy world trying to make a difference. So as always, like I tell you, every single episode that you hear every single week, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.